The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Oh, in the final version of CBS Sports Average Draft Position, Allen Robinson was being drafted ahead of Gabe Davis. But last night, in the the Twitter poll I posted, Gabriel Davis got 90% of the vote, and I am apparently a huge piece of crap for even asking who would you rather have rest of season. Wow. Allen Robinson or Gabe Davis. I mean, I got destroyed. I knew what the answer was going to be. I just wanted to see what the margin was going to be. And it was like, bruh, you serious, bruh? You're trolling. No, just just asking, just asking. But woo. That is one of the big uh, reactions. I'm not going to call it an overreaction, but a reaction that that Allen Robinson is just, you know, like my dishes washed. Uh, so, yeah. Well, that's what that's what they say. I didn't say that, but that's what people are yeah. saying. Twitter and, uh, was angry last night. Twitter was always a lot of angry. angry, angry people. <laughs> welcome to Twitter, but welcome to the show. Yeah. Happy Friday, Dave and Jamie. What's up? What's up, dude? How are you? Well, it was fun to have football back. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It really was. Yep. Uh, it was a huge letdown of a game and a, a real statement by the Buffalo Bills winning it 31-10. to 10. So we're going to talk about that. We have seven games that we are breaking down today. And those seven games are Green Bay, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Dallas, San Francisco, Chicago, Jacksonville, Washington, Cleveland, Carolina, Philadelphia, Detroit, New Orleans, and Atlanta. There were two other NFC home games that we got to on yesterday's show, Kansas City, Arizona, and the Monday night game, Seattle-Denver. So if you're looking for those, check out yesterday's show. Also, we have time codes in the episode description if you want to skip ahead to other games. We've got, oh, you know what? I forgot to put Beat the Waiver Wire in here, but maybe we can throw in a little Beat the Waiver Wire at some point. Sorry about that. I'm still, I guess I'm still in off-season form. But let's start Packers, with... Packers, guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean, can't we just rewind to Tuesday's show? Yeah. We can, but I don't know if there's like a DST to stash or something like that, but um, 
but we could talk about stashes, I guess, a little bit. But Buffalo 31 and the Rams 10. The Rams, this is the most amazing stat. They're under 500 for the first time in six seasons under Sean McVay. Amazing. Mm. They never lost an opener, and they've never been below 500. They also allowed seven sacks, which are the most in the Sean McVay era. A couple of injury notes. Ed Oliver, Bill's defensive tackle, he left with an injury, tried to play through it. Uh, Kyron Williams, Rams rookie running back. He left early with an injury. Okay. So, Jamie, major takeaways from the game. Go for it. Well, obviously, uh, it was great to see Gabe Davis live up to his preseason hype, at least so far. Um, you know, not the targets that we were hoping to see, at least from uh, you know volume standpoint, five targets, but still scored the first touchdown in the NFL season. Uh, four catches, 88 yards. Seemingly on his way. He's now stepped on the football field the last four times and he scored seven touchdowns in those four games. It's just so much fun. Um, so he's going to be, I, I think, a, a, a solid fantasy asset based on what we were saying about him this offseason. But everybody was saying, you know, he's going to have a big year. Uh, the biggest thing, though, is obviously the two Rams guys, Cam Akers and Al Robinson, and what the, the, the fears are there. I think the Cam Akers fears are legit. Um, you know, the, the nice thing for him is that there was not a dominant performance for Daryl Henderson. So, you know, he could still find his way to, you know, significant playing time as the year unfolds, but it just wasn't a good start. And then Allen Robinson, I, I think there's understandable panic, but you have to sort of look at the usage and what this team looks like and knowing that they just played maybe the best defense in the NFL and they get the Falcons next week. So he played, he ran routes on every drop back that Stafford had. He was on the field a ton. The target sucked. The catches were terrible. Uh, but there are better days ahead. Buy low on Allen Robinson. You know, you said you posted a poll. I posted a poll on this because I, I said buy low on Allen Robinson. And, you know, same thing, Adam. I, I got a lot of pushback on that. And, you know, understandably so. Angry but, Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, I So I, I tweeted this this morning. Who would you rather have? Daryl Henderson, rest of season, Daryl Henderson or Allen Robinson, PPR. And it was 50-50. Like, to me, that's a no-brainer. I'd rather have Allen uh, Robinson. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he did average 34 yards per game last year. I think that's what scares people. If he were coming off a good season, they'd throw sure. it away. He was so bad last year, and uh, I, um, yeah. All right. Well, so so by isn't low, this isn't this Robert Woods 2021 all over again? It, it could be. The first four games of the year were pretty rough for Robert Woods. They weren't this bad though. They weren't two targets, right. one so catch. It, it was it, it was after those first four games when Sean McVay. And and Woods was saying it too, like that's when he had the squeaky wheel game. Yeah, I wonder if we're headed toward an Allen Robinson squeaky wheel game in round two. Or round two, I'm still in preseason mode. Week two against the Falcons, significantly better matchup. And McVay said after the game, they've got to get him the ball more. Remember these these two guys didn't play a preseason game together. We know that's the Rams, you know, mantra. They don't. They How don't much do did that. they practice together? Well, it it that's it's. it's it's that too. It's that you know Stafford mispractice. Yeah. You know, yep. so there's uh there, there's going to be some growing pains. Understandable, but I, I think if you get an opportunity to to trade somebody that has a surprise game this week for Allen Robinson, it will be in your best interest. Don't okay. give up somebody big, but buy low. That's what we say. Get somebody. You know, get them cheap. Yeah. So the two Twitter polls I did were: Would you rather have Allen Robinson or Gabriel Davis? I knew what the results would. I, I knew who would win, but Gabriel Davis got ninety percent of the vote. The other one was: Who is who's your favorite rest of season? Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, or Devin Singletary? That one has twenty one hundred votes. Akers is in last place with twelve percent of the vote. Henderson forty six percent. Devin Singletary forty two percent of the vote. Uh, so who would you guys rather have right now: a Bills running back or a Rams running back going forward? 
I'm so curious what's going to happen with the Bills after both Zach Moss and James Cook fumbled. Right. You know, Singletary looks so much better. Uh, the usage in the passing game was so weird for Zach Moss. I mean, six for 21 um, or five for 21, six targets. Uh, it's crazy. I, I, man, I guess at this point, I'd rather have Singletary. I would too, because you know that eventually Henderson, Henderson's going to rip off a couple of good games and maybe next week's one of them. I, I've got zero confidence in Cam Akers. He looks like the same dude from the playoffs last year. But uh, I don't know if you could say that. Yeah, he only had three it's touches. Hard. He, it's an indictment. It, this was a whole game where Daryl Henderson played a ton more than Acres, and when Acres played, there were not any discernible differences from last January. I'm good. Um, I, I think Singletary is the pick, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Bills at the trade deadline pick off a running back with an expiring contract off of somebody's roster. Maybe somebody who used to be an offensive coordinator in Buffalo when their team's in the tank and they're just going for the higher draft pick. Maybe somebody like that around November flips to Buffalo. Um, but we'll we'll see. For now, Singletary, I, I think, is the best running back with the Bills. Uh, and that's it. That's who I'd pick. All right. Can you look one thing up for me, the routes run? Because, yeah, I mean, uh, you did okay. have Zach Moss with six catches. Uh, and Singletary with two, but I don't know. It didn't seem like Moss 18 was... 18 for Singletary, 14 right. for Moss. It wasn't like I feel Moss like, was I just third. feel like Moss was right place, right time. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yes. Yep. James, I don't Cook, think that's it's a problem with Singletary, though. Well, it'd be a bigger problem if Zach Moss were the official third down back, but that wasn't the case. And James Cook, that nope. w- that wasn't the case. And Devin nope. Singletary, I don't, I don't think they were really in goal-to-go situation much, but Devin Singletary was in on all three goal-to-go situations in the fourth quarter. Uh, and that was when they that was when Josh Allen ran it in. So Singletary was in on first, second, and third and goal there. So you know that was a concern. It's like, is he going to play near the goal? Is he going to play inside the ten yard line? Is he going to play on passing downs? He didn't come off the field specifically for those downs, Devin Singletary. It just it didn't seem like they had a real strategy. It just some you know Singletary had his work and Moss had his work and Cook had very little. Um, so I th- or so I thought that was actually good for Singletary. You know, it, it means he can still get some high value touches. He yeah. could, but I mean, the fact that he's losing playing time to, to Moss as much as he did was frustrating. For now, yeah, Moss averaged two and a half yards a carry. Yeah, no, I, I mean clearly, but all we heard all offseason again, I'll go back to Joe Buscaglia, who's you know as good as anybody covering that team. Moss can have a roll. Moss can have a roll. Well, Moss had a roll. <laughs> it was it was a big one. Right, one of the weird things in this game was Stefan Diggs just like kept asking to come off the field, and he played 64% of the snaps, whereas Gabriel Davis and Allen Robinson, they played almost every, every snap. Cooper Cup played 100% of the snaps, I think. <laughs> Maybe Robinson should have taken some notes and come off the yeah. field a little bit. <laughs> Diggs kept like, waving himself off the field, like, no, stay on the field, man, but he still had an amazing game, 122 yards and a touchdown with a 53-yard catch. Tyler Higby, I mean, would you drop no, real, the- real quick. Just, just before I forget, uh, we have Stefan Diggs on Fantasy Football today on CBS Sports HQ on Tuesday. So um, oh, nice. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm excited boy. to ask him what he said to Jalen Ramsey <laughs> after he scored the touchdown. You, you have to ask him what Ramsey said to him first. Remember the throw that it, they were Allen was just off to Diggs in the end zone? Yeah. And yeah. Ramsey like took credit for it. I don't think Ramsey tipped it. Like I, I want to know what Ramsey did then and then what Diggs said to him after. Like that whole that whole back and forth needs to be uh, discussed. Yep. And uh, would you drop Dawson Knox for Tyler Higby? Knox, 93% rostered, had two targets. Higby had 11 targets. Things are, you know, it'll be back and forth. But who would you rather have rest of season, Knox or Higby? Still Knox. 
I think I think I'd rather have David Njoku or Evan Ingram or whichever tight end sprouts off the waiver wire. Okay. All right. So we've got uh, a live stream on Sunday morning to help answer your starter sit questions. That's at 11:30 a.m. Eastern at youtube.com/fantasyfootballtoday. Go to youtube.com slash fantasy football today, people. If you haven't already, you can watch all of our content, including the podcast you're listening to right now. You can see that on demand. Uh, we have a Facebook group, search fantasy football today. We have a TikTok account. You can, in our episode description, you can see our TikTok link if you want that. And we also have 60 second rankings disputes, and I only have one today. And it is AJ Dillon. Got a lot of questions. We had a live stream yesterday afternoon. Uh, Thursday afternoon and took a lot of questions and AJ Dillon was among the most asked about I'd say Jamie you've got him 18th in non-PPR 19th in full PPR Dave you have AJ Dillon 28th in non-PPR 31st in full PPR at Minnesota 30 seconds to each of you Jamie make the start case for AJ Dillon I mean the same thing that we've said this offseason that their best players are going to be the running backs and I think especially if Alan Lazard is banged up you're going to see these guys touch the ball as much as they could possibly handle uh, certainly I think you'll see both of them evolved in the passing game. And so, you know, Aaron Jones's role, he's going to have the opportunity to do as much as he can catching the ball. You go back to this game last year between Minnesota and green Bay, and it was Aaron Jones as a pass catcher. It was AJ Dillon as a primary rusher. He had two touchdowns in that game. So different matchup, tougher defense, but I think AJ Dillon's touches and opportunities increased role in the passing game to me is a must-start guy. I don't think he's a must-start at all. I think he's a flex. I think he's a touchdown or bust running back for this week. Let's see how many touches he gets. I think the matchup, as far as Minnesota goes, isn't necessarily a killer, but they improved their defense, especially up front, so I'm a little concerned about that, a little concerned about the offensive line. I think he can be okay, but I don't think he can. I don't think he's a must-start. Uh, not as long as, as Aaron Jones is there. I think Dylan's going to be around like 14 touches, might get just 70 yards, might have a catch or two. Okay. That's my guess. I'm hoping for more catches, especially if Lazard is He's definitely going to be involved in the passing game if Lazard's not there. 100%. Okay. Okay. So. okay uh, right, he might. He really might. But a, I think Aaron Jones is going to be involved more. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, agreed. Yeah. I think it's going to be six catches for Jones and probably four for A.J. Dillon. I'm going to take. You ready for this? What's the, the uh, over? Is there an over-under on his... Uh, Receptions is it three and a half? I know it's fourteen and a half yards because Adam uh, gave that as a prop for HQ today. I thought it was thirteen. That's yeah, whatever bad. it is, thirteen, fourteen. It actually yards. went up at fourteen. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd still take the over for AJ Dillon. I would too. I think Aaron yeah. Jones is going to have eight half. catches. Eight catches for Aaron Jones. Yeah, I was being I was being conservative just to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, news and notes. News and notes. Here we go. George Kittle. It's two and a half. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's you guys will love this. AJ Dillon's total receptions. Over two and a half at plus one thirty-three. I'm just betting under my is minus one eighty-four. No one in the world would take the under at minus one eighty-four. Feels like uh yeah. feels like Vegas thinks it's a lock that it's gonna go under. Those were that some of my, my favorite. If, 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 if you're into player props and they're fun and they're very much fantasy tied in, fantasy related. Uh re- those were some of my like running back reception totals were ones that I just always came back to. Uh so I don't I don't know why. I just feel like I felt like there was value there. Um, all right, so D- Jamie and I certainly like the over on A.J. Dillon's receptions. Dave, I am sorry. I did not ask you about hashtag Isaiah, who did catch a touchdown. So before we get into the news and notes, do you want to talk about Isaiah McKenzie? Uh, you know what? I ended up being pretty disappointed because he only had three targets. I was thrilled with the touchdown, happy to tweet out the hashtag Isaiah when it happened, and 
there were a lot of people who were excited. And I thought to myself, okay, he'll get a couple more catches the rest of the game and he'll be fine. But the, the, it was basically a drop turned into an interception. That's exactly what it was. That was brutal. And I thought Jamison Crowder played better. And so I, I don't know if it's normal for a team to go all preseason with a, a plan at the slot receiver and then change it at halftime or change it before week two. But I'm, I don't think Jamison Crowder is going away. And it's, it's a little frustrating. You can hang on to McKenzie. Um, <laughs> I wonder if some sap in your league will trade you Allen Robinson straight up for Isaiah. McKenzie. Oh God. If they do it. Take it all the way, get Robinson uh, and be happy. That's what you get for McKenzie. If he had not scored, you'd be dropping him. If he doesn't score next week, you might drop him. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I, if he had had like five, six targets, I'd be much, much happier. I think I think you're right about Crowder not going away. But I also wonder just how much of his injury absence led to Crowder playing more. You know, so the fact that you know he had to work maybe. in step in, and maybe but he practiced all week. Yeah, but still, I mean, you know, it, it, look, they signed Crowder for a reason. They like him. It's not like he's. Uh, not a part of the game plan. He's their, he's their primary punt returner. So it's, you know, he's going to have a role. And so I, I think I agree with you. And, you know, everything said about McKenzie wasn't as encouraging as it could have been, but you know, the fact that it still went to him in a key spot after the interception. And, and yeah. to be fair, there was also an interception off the pass to Crowder too. So, That's true. Um, so they both stink. Hopefully, uh, well, you know, I mean, it's no, no, the, 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 the second one, you know, the Crowder interception was, you know, him, I don't know, not fighting for the ball hard enough, but it was a great play by the defensive back. But still, it uh, it's probably just going to be a little frustrating. So if you draft the McKenzie, you're holding him. You know, if, if if he's available on waivers, you know, you see what happens over the weekend. All right, guys, we'll get into our news and notes. By the way, the only 31 pass attempts for Josh Allen, and that is not the Bills MO. Right. That, that's the other thing that's in Isaiah's favor is that he's he's on the right team. He's got the right quarterback to be tied to. Just got a red zone target for a touchdown. And yeah. Crowder well, does have a history of getting banged up. Maybe there, there's something there. I don't know if it's something huge, but there, something there, that's okay. There, so there's now, also just, there was no Dawson Knox involvement too, so that's coming also. They right. didn't just pay that guy just to not use him. You know, I mean, that huge contract extension is 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 probably telling that he's going to have better days ahead. Yeah, but you, you know, Josh Allen had eight, eight games last. To Zach Moss. Eight games last year with 42 catches, 42 pass attempts. So he'll he'll throw more. They're not going to win every game by 20. They might win every game no, by 21 points. That was nasty. <laughs> I, I was stunned at how well they played defensively well, because you know, they, they Chris really Go, weren't. Chris Go was there, and he came away just raving, raving about just they have bodies upon bodies of that defensive line. Yes, and, they do. You know, throwing just different guys. That, you know, you mentioned the Oliver injury uh, would be tough if he has to miss time. But they still have replacements, <laughs> you know. And Von Miller looked like he was twenty-five again. It just—it's—it's uh, it's scary. And they did that without Tre'Davious White too, <laughs> right? Know, and so. they weren't—they weren't really that great without Tre'Davious White last year. I mean, when they faced the best competition, that's why I thought the Rams could have a good game. But um, they also remember last year, twenty twenty-one draft, they drafted Gregory Rousseau and, and Boogie Basham with a first and a second round pick, and you know those guys both contributed yesterday. And, uh, you know, and they, and they drafted a rookie cornerback in the first round this year. He didn't even start. But, uh, you know, it looks like maybe, nobody played. Yeah, maybe uh, Russo up, and Basham. He was lined could, up uh, against Cup on Cup's touchdown. Yeah, maybe Russo and Basham could uh, could be big contributors this year. All right, news and notes. Here we go. George Kittle mispracticed. We're not expecting him to play, right? Uh, Pro Football Network's Aaron Wilson said unlikely. So I moved him down. Play. I moved him down before the Thursday game and put Higby ahead of him. Uh, there are tight ends like Evan Ingram and 
Najoku, I already mentioned those two that you can go and stash just in case Kittle does not play. It looks like he won't. Okay. Uh, Rondell Moore is going to have an MRI on his hamstring. He got hurt in practice yesterday, and that's a big setback and disappointing. How about this? Is a uh, Here's a sleeper tight end. Trey McBride. If Zach Ertz doesn't go for Arizona, the rookie's going to play. And he he's, he was awesome in college. He's a huge dude who can move. And they're running out of people to throw the ball to in Arizona. Put him on your list. And Zach Ertz did miss practice. So they're facing the Chiefs. And Marquise Brown could have 20 targets. Uh, but A.J. Green was actually somebody that I tried to pick up in a couple leagues. I'm not sure if it went through in one league. In the podcast league, I put in a $2 bid. Heath Cummings also put in a $2 bid. And Heath had, I guess, waiver wire priority uh, based on draft order. <laughs> yeah, I had the first pick and he had the second pick. So Heath got A.J. Green. But that's a 14-team PPR league. Uh, but, I'm, I mean... You know, if Moore is getting an MRI on his hamstring, it could be an extended absence. What do you guys think about getting AJ Green, or is there someone else? Uh, no, Green makes most sense. You know, I mean, I'm sure they'll play Andy Isabella more, but we know how that's gone for him. So mm-hmm. I think Green, you know, showed enough last year that he could be in a deeper format of third receiver. Um, but you know, you're probably going to see a a lot of targets going to Marquise Brown and a lot of targets going to James Conner. Antoine Wesley will also play, but you're no one in the world is going to use him in fantasy. I don't know how many people would use AJ green either. Uh, no, but you know, like I have some Michael Thomas, I have several Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin teams. So, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to come down to AJ green, but like I said, a 14 team league, I think, you know, he might be in play. Uh, Chris Godwin is going to be a game time decision. You should, it's a Sunday night game too. If he is truly a game time decision, then you definitely need other options. But just based on Chris Godwin's quotes, I'm not super confident in, in him this week. Where are you guys ranking, if you are ranking Chris Godwin? Uh, mid-tier, number three receiver at best. Okay. Yeah, I currently have him ranked like he's going to play and be like not limited. Clearly, I have to change that. He's probably going to fall to the middle of my top 150 flex. How about Michael Thomas? He was limited in practice. Looks like he's going to play. What do you think? Where are you going to rank Michael Thomas? Uh, same thing, La, higher number three receiver, but not somebody that I would start in a two receiver league if you can avoid it. I just think it, you're going to see a snap count for both those guys that they're out there. Uh, I'd put Lazard in the same conversation if he plays, and I hope not for Deontay Johnson. Same thing, but you know you got four receivers that are, you know, were drafted as potential starters, certainly starters in three receiver leagues, and they may not give you what you hoped in week one. Doesn't mean you panic yet, but you know certainly not a, a confident situation for those four guys. Alan Lazard missed practice. Dak Prescott was limited with an ankle injury, but he says he's fine. Michael Gallup actually has a chance to play. They have not ruled Michael Gallup out. That's a guy that you might want to stash. Not going to start him, but you can stash him. Christian McCaffrey has a cut on his shin. He's already injured, but he's totally fine. Chase Edmonds practiced in full. He's good to go. Ken Walker unlikely to play this week, according to Jordan Schultz. J.K. Dobbins status expected to be determined today. Uh, Where are you going to end up with Kenyon Drake if J.K. Dobbins is out? Well, Greg Roman said they're going to use a hot hand approach. So good luck trying to figure out if it's going to be Kenyon Drake or Mike Davis. Uh, I would lean toward Drake, but I think flex it best. So, you know, if you are stuck with one of these receiver situations and you can, you know, move some things around in your lineup, I would much rather prefer Kenyon Drake than A.J. Green, for example, if, if you're looking at the two from a flex standpoint. Okay. Gus Edwards says he's very close to returning, but he is out at least four weeks. Van Jefferson expected to miss multiple games. Jalen Waddle practice and Robert Tunyon was limited in practice. That is one of the games we'll talk about today. All right, one question for each game. Let's start with Tampa Bay and Dallas Sunday night. 
Can you trust Ezekiel Elliott, Dave? He had 11 carries for 33 yards, two catches for six yards last year against the Buccaneers, who have been top four against running backs three straight seasons. Can you trust Zeke? Nope, you cannot trust Zeke. You you should try and get away from him. Uh, I don't like the matchup. Don't like the offensive line. Mike McCarthy said this week there's, quote, definitely a tandem between him and Tony Pollard. He is a touchdown or bust running back who has a terrible matchup, I would rather go with Rashad Penny. I'd rather go with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'd rather go with Miles Sanders. If catches count, I'd rather go with Tony Pollard. You didn't like, you didn't love A.J. Dillon, 28th, 29th. Dillon or Zeke? Dillon over Zeke. Okay. San Francisco at Chicago. You know, it's funny, Jamie. I see a lot of potential outcomes in this game, a lot of, uh, a lot of great cases for players, but also some bust cases what do you is this more of a boomer bust game you think san francisco chicago i know it's kind of a vague one question but like optimism or pessimism about most of the fantasy options i have optimism for the 49ers i have a lot of pessimism for the bears um but there's there's probably more bust potential you know knowing that you know certainly from from my perspective hyping up trey lance's or start of the week um if this game just becomes an ugly you know, Elijah Mitchell gets 25 carries and, you know, ends up with 85 yards and scores, but it's, you know, no involvement in the passing game. So he gives you good production, but it's just not great production. And the Bears do nothing and it's a field goal fest. You know, you can see you can see a path to that unfolding, you know, knowing how the inconsistencies that Lance had, Kittle not being there and, you know, Kyle Shannon trying to be maybe a little conservative. All right, I'll ask you guys one, one more question about this game real quick. Who's, your, who's the best running back San Francisco at Chicago, best running back in this game. Eli Mitchell. Jacksonville at Washington. Who's the best running back in this game? Gibson. I think I have ETN. They're close. Let me double check. Okay. Go for it. I'm checking. I've got ETN higher in PPR. All right. Gibson, great history against good op- against easy opponents. And I don't know that Jacksonville will be. I don't think this is an easy opponent. Yeah, that's the I thing. Think, I think Washington's going to have their hands full. This D-line is much stronger, much better. They improve their linebackers both in free agency and the draft. I would be a little surprised if this front seven let up a lot of yards to Gibson and McKissick. All right, Green Bay at Minnesota. Is this a big game for the Vikings fantasy options or will they be limited by a great defense, Jamie? Uh, it'll be a big game. I think it's going to be – you're going to see the Minnesota offense on display. And so Packers defense is very good, but I think this Minnesota offense is great. Cleveland at Carolina. Who's a better flex, Kareem Hunt or Amari Cooper? Dave Frozen? Oh, no. Dave is frozen. Uh, I thought he was just thinking. <laughs> I thought so, too. <laughs> uh, I'll take Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt over Amari Cooper. Okay. Kareem Hunt or Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, I'll take Kareem Hunt. All right. Kareem Hunt or Christian Kirk? Well, that's a good one. I'll take Kirk. I think Kirk comes out comes out and has a big game. Philadelphia at Detroit. Devontae Smith or Miles Sanders? Who's a better flex? Devontae Smith or Miles Sanders? Uh, I'll go Sanders. I think as long as he's healthy and, you know, favorable game script, they're, you know, favorites on the road. Um, I like the setup for Miles Sanders week. I think he's an okay start. What do you think about Devontae Smith? I haven't talked much about him this week. Uh, good number three receiver, you know, depending on where he was in your, you know, draft. You know, if you got him as a fourth receiver, you know, depending on who else we have. Two receiver league, he's probably not going to start for you. 
uh, let's just say he will be better than Allen Robinson, worse <laughs> than Gabriel Davis. <laughs> okay. Oh, Dave is back. Hey, bud. Yo. You get the last question. New Orleans and Atlanta. Can you trust anyone in, in this game, Saints-Falcons, can you trust anyone other than Kamara and Pitts? No, not particularly. And that includes Michael Thomas. Okay. All right, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll start with Tampa Bay at Dallas on Oh Sunday Night. I don't know if they still have a theme. I never get to see the theme song anymore. Do they still have a theme song to Sunday Night Football? Like an intro? It Thanks must. So. Yeah. Those used to be... I used to really get excited for intros to games. They would do cool highlight packages and stuff. I don't, yeah, they don't do it for me anymore. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Somebody's we'll... Somebody's getting old. Yeah. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Old man Adam here with Dave and Jamie. Last time I saw Dave, he called me out for all my gray hair, which was really not cool. But I'll, I'll... I was startled because you're like, you're like the new Dick Clark. What does that like mean? Forever a teenager. Except for your wolfy face. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Tampa Bay at Dallas. Bucks are two and a half point favorites. Total is 50 and a half. I mentioned what, uh, the stat of the game. The Bucks have been top four against running backs three straight seasons. They no longer have Indomitian Sue, but they did replace him with Akeem Hicks, and it's really the Vita Vea story. But we actually have never really seen that without Indomitian Sue. He, he, you know, in this stretch, he plays all the time. So maybe that will have a, a factor, but sit Zeke if you can. All right, guys. Um, Brady is a must start. I think I saw you guys had him behind Kyler Murray. Is that going to change? Or am I wrong about that? Do you have him ahead of Kyler Murray? Um, I would prefer Brady, so I will make that change. No, you have, you have one spot ahead. I'm sorry. How about you, Dave? You're going to put... I've, yeah, I've had Kyler two spots ahead of Brady. I'm not sure if I'm ready to change that yet. All right. It doesn't really matter. You probably don't have both Tom Brady. Probably and don't have Murray. both. Right. But I would start. I would start Russell Wilson over Brady. I don't think many people have that predicament uh, I either. Do. I love Wilson this week. Well, but would you? It, but okay, you don't but have you don't have Wilson Brady. and Brady on the same team. Right. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, you're exactly. starting Tom Brady. Uh, he's one of the probably quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this Dallas defense. You know how good are they? They allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, but they did allow 35 to Brady. <clears throat> Uh, they relied a lot on turnovers, and sometimes that is not that does not translate to the next season. And teams that get a lot of turnovers often regress, but they're also young and talented. Anyway, start Leonard Fournette. 
let's break down the wide receivers for the Buccaneers because this is the tricky one. We already talked about, Dave, that we don't have a ton of faith in Chris Godwin. You're going to move him down. Jamie's got him as a number three, number four kind of receiver. Um, you know, Evans had a bad game against the against the Cowboys last year. He got shadowed by Trayvon Diggs, and Brady went to Brown and Godwin over and over again. I'm sure Mike Evans is going to be like 98% started, but do you think he'll have a good game? Maybe from a DFS standpoint, oh, it's a Sunday night game. Do you think Evans will be good? And then what do you think about Russell Gage and Julio Jones? I think Evans will be good. You should start him. If Godwin is out, I think Russell Gage takes his place. And I would be really tempted to use Russell Gage in full PPR as a number three receiver because he's played before in the slot. He does a great job. He's not going to get double coverage. He's going to be a factor. I think he'll be a factor in the red zone. And he's someone that can absolutely step up and get you um, over 10 PPR fantasy points if there's no Godwin. As for Julio, I think he's kind of more of like a wide receiver four, probably best left on the bench. Just from what I saw in the preseason, the timing was good with Brady, but the speed was gone. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's just a preseason thing or if it's a 32, 33 year old receiver thing. It's probably the latter. So here's the problem with this. First off, it's the time of the day and the fact that you're not going to know when you set your lineups what's happening with the Bucks receivers unless we get a report. Uh, Russell Gage is also on the injury report with a hamstring problem that's been bothering him for weeks. So I think it's almost you got to rule him out until we get news that he's 100%. Um, so I would lean Julio over Gage uh, in making the decision now. I agree with Dave. I think Gage is in a better spot if he's right, but I don't know if that's the case. And so what I think you're going to end up seeing, and this kind of ties into last year, and we've talked about this a lot. Brady, when he has Gronk and when he has Antonio Brown and when he has uh, Evans and Godwin, and in this case, when he has those receivers, it's easy to say, okay, if I don't want to throw a Trayvon Diggs, which I don't think should be the case because I don't know if he's that type of cornerback yet, I don't have to, right? I can attack the rest of the field. Now, if there's no Godwin and maybe Gage is less than 100% and we know there's no Gronk, now it's, okay, Evans, you're going to win those battles. I'm throwing to you. And so I think his targets will be fine. I think his opportunities will be there. Um, but I also think that Julio, based on health, is the second guy right now. Again, unless we get a full practice report on Friday from Gage. And then it's going to be tight end roulette, I think, almost all season, whether it's going to be Brait or Rudolph as the guy who has the red zone opportunities. But clearly Fournette's a big winner too. You know, they'll, they'll throw to him a ton. So Brady will find a way to get his numbers in this game, even if Godwin and potentially Gage are not there. There's one more thing that should be brought up. We just got done seeing a game where an older quarterback behind a bad offensive line was besieged by another team's front four. Yeah. And we know that Brady's offensive so line. Which, there are some questions. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Cowboys pass rush is okay. They've got Demarcus Lawrence. They've got Micah Parsons. I don't think we can write them off as mediocre. Um, I think they're good. And I'm curious to see how the offensive line holds up here when Brady doesn't get rid of the ball under two and a half seconds when he's got to drop back and scan. I wonder if he's going to get sacked a bunch. I wonder if he takes on three, four sacks and maybe gets a little skittish himself. That's the one thing that makes me worried about Brady this week as a starter and why I think I'm going to keep Kyler and definitely Russ ahead of him. Okay. Yeah. I think you could have the same concerns on the other side of the ball for sure. I mean, this is one of the best front sevens in football for the Bucks, and going up against this Cowboys line. At least the at it's least true. the Bucks are still great at tackle. You know, the interior of their line is a is a problem, but the tackles are not. Uh, anyway, um, 
I think that, okay, so that basically covers it. So for the Bucks anyway. So uh, we're not going to start a tight end, uh, but um, what about uh, who's the third best wide receiver in this game? Is it Gage for Dave, Julio for Jamie, or is it someone on the Cowboys? Oh, I would take Jalen Tolbert over both of the, or Gallup if he plays, over both Gage and Julio. Uh, the problems that you're thinking about with Gage and his injury are even worse for Gallup and his. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, coming yeah. off a torn ACL. So I'd rather I'll take the I'll take Gage over Gallup and Gage. But if they clear him, is out. If they clear him, you got to feel pretty good that Gallup's you know ready to go. Does he get a full compliment, or do they go? I, back I have no idea. But neither you know, do if, I. If Gage, if Gage is you know, I mean, we're gonna find out today. You know, if we, if we get you know word on where these guys are. You know, but you're gonna you're gonna hear probably game time decision for Godwin, game time decision for Gallup, uh, questionable for Gage. You know, it's it's gonna be frustrating. You know, the best thing is you avoid all of it. <laughs> that's that's the best thing to it's, do. That's a, I mean, yes, but at the same time, it's Cowboys Bucks. The total is fifty and a half. It, it, I, I just oh, like maybe it's I, too high. I feel like there's there should be a lot of production, and uh, you know, and I I don't necessarily want to completely miss out. I you know look. It's week one, and there still aren't that many injuries, and nobody's on a bye. So I have Julio Jones in a decent amount of leagues, but I can't imagine I'm going to start him. Uh, I, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has a really good game on my bench, which is going to be a little frustrating, but something you kind of have to live with in fantasy. All right, starter sit Dak Prescott. How do you feel about Dak Prescott? According to Smart Football Analysis, the Bucks were one of four teams that had three players with at least 40 pressures in 2021. So they could really get after him. Um Dak or Trey Lance? I have Lance one spot higher. Yeah, I, I like Lance better. I will say that Dak has the higher ceiling, but I think I think the floor actually favors Lance this week just because I Got value it. the matchup against Lance or against Chicago for Lance. I would go the other way. I think the ceiling is higher for Lance. Um, Dak is, uh, you know, I'm hoping that this game is a shootout. But I think the floor is safer for Dak because I think you know what you're getting. Lance is such a wild card. Uh, and the thing about Dak in this matchup is the Bucks. they were good against the pass. They have one of the, you know, according to the two sites that I always talk about, Smart Football Analysis and PFF, one of the best secondaries in the NFL. But they have the best run defense, too, and nobody runs on them. So they saw last year, the Bucks saw by far the most pass attempts in the NFL. So you could see 40, 50 pass attempts. It really wouldn't right. be a shock. Uh, uh, Prescott or Cousins Carr? Cousins Prescott Carr. Yeah, I agree with that. I try to get away from both Cowboys running backs, right? I actually don't mind Pollard as a flex in PPR. I think as we saw last year, last two years, um, if his role, now it's granted, it's just a matter, I think, of which need, but if his role is going to be in the passing game, as they've talked about all offseason, and if he's going to have some share of the, the touches carrying the ball, which you expect, uh, Tampa Bay has given up over 200 receptions to running backs the last two seasons. Wow. And so we didn't see it in that game last year because of how they used both running backs. You know, you mentioned two catches for Zeke. But there's the opportunity here with the receiving core being what it is for Dallas that Tony Pollard could have a five, six catch game. You know, I, yep. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I can see a path to that. And so um you should still if you know if you if you handcuff both you still should start zeke over pollard just with the opportunity of him getting touches and getting the end zone opportunities but um like i have a few leagues where i'm in a similar situation like you are adam where i've godwin or thomas or in some cases both and i do have pollard 
Um, Pollard's going to be a flex if I don't have those guys, and and comfortably so with the upside of what he could be. And last thing on that, though, Zeke is another guy. One game without Amari Cooper, well, two games without Amari Cooper last year, he had six catches in both games. Uh, CeeDee Lamb missed, I think, one and a half of those games. Uh, but, you know, that's another thing that Zeke, like Amari Cooper went off in that game against the Bucks last year. That's not going to happen. Uh, Michael Gallup, probably not going to happen. So you could see both those guys get some more catches. Start CeeDee Lamb and try not to start another Cowboys wide receiver. They'd be number three or four. I mean, that's, you just heard Jamie and Dave talk about it. So uh, there's that. And start Dalton Schultz. And starters at the Bucks DST. Oh, I'd say a machine. Okay. Let's go to San Francisco and Chicago. Niners are seven-point favorites. The total is 40 and a half. Uh, this, I thought, was interesting. Stat of the game number one for all you Cole Komet managers out there. The 49ers have been top top six against tight ends. That's fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Four straight seasons. But I said this on the live stream yesterday, so I'm sorry for repeating it if you already heard it. Uh, I would not be surprised if you looked at the last four seasons of 49ers football and you compared that to last season for the Los Angeles Chargers, that the Chargers played more good tight ends last year than the 49ers have in the last four years. They have faced almost no good tight ends. It's incredible because they never faced Kittle. They faced Kelsey once in the last four years, Andrews once in the last four years. I don't think they faced Waller. Um... And the AFC West is obviously loaded in tight ends. And uh, the NFC the NFC West is terrible in tight ends, except for Kittle. So the Niners are like paper tigers against tight ends, but they have been pretty good. So that's well, Jimmy Ward's the, out. And Jimmy, Ward <clears throat> Jimmy out. Ward's out, but I don't know if that that necessarily makes it. Oh, I was because I, I, when I when I did my write up on Komet, I was just reading about how much he's so great in coverage. <laughs> you know, he so. is, but they they used they used a bunch of different guys to cover tight ends, and I don't know if they would waste Ward to cover Komet because Komet's not fast. They need somebody who's big. So that could be a job for someone like Fred Warner. Okay. So I, I'm, I, I don't think that's the end. all be all. They were not great when teams threw to their tight ends. They allowed a quarterback rating of 117.5, a catch rate of 72.2% last year. That was 10th highest. They allowed the second fewest yards to tight ends on the third fewest targets. So Adam, I think you nailed it. They didn't face a lot of great tight ends. Is Cole Komet a great tight end? No. Mm, Don't think I'm going to so. say nah. <laughs> N- nah, brah. But I-, I think that you could definitely see him get six targets. Maybe catches four or five of them. Could he score? Maybe. I, I-, I think he's a bust. I think he's a low-end starter. Uh, I-, I go the complete opposite direction. I think he's a must-start guy. Given what the tight end landscape looks like this week, love him. Absolutely love him. He's definitely a must-start guy. It's like you're not going to go. Stre- you're not going to go streaming to drop no. Cole Komet or to bench Cole Komet. No. But you know, you know how it is with tight ends. But okay, uh, stat of the game number two: a running back rush for seventy-one or more yards in six straight games to end the season against the Bears. That's why you guys like Elijah Mitchell. You like him over David Montgomery. So um, you're sitting Justin Fields. You, you all have him, including Heath, eighteenth or nineteenth. This was not a really tough matchup last year, but they also didn't have Emmanuel Mosley, their top cornerback for about half the year last year. But we're going to wait and see on fields. Montgomery and Mitchell are really the the interesting ones here. So you, like I said, you like Mitchell more than Montgomery, but Jamie, um, lay, lay out your expectations for those two running backs. I mean, I, I think you're going to see Mitchell probably in the 18 to 20 carry range. You know, if you get any catches on top of that, that's a bonus. 
Um, he'll have an opportunity to score. Wouldn't be surprised if he scored twice. You know, so must-start guy in non-PPR. I think still a safe start in non-PPR. Um, as long as he's healthy, he should be in your lineup more times than not, unless the matchup is just completely daunting or we just see just too much Trey Lance running, which would make me happy. But, um, you know, Mitchell, I think, is a, is a safe number two running back in the majority of leagues, better in non-PPR than PPR. And Montgomery? I think Montgomery is still a starter. Um, volume will certainly matter for him. Will he score? That's a question mark. Um, I would like to say I start Dylan over him. I think there's a, a better path to success for him. Um, Montgomery, I think, is, you know, you kind of know what you're buying with him. It's it's uh, needs to find the end zone, hopefully involved in the passing game, but should still be the leader in touches for the Bears. I don't think Will Herbert's taking him off the field very much based on what we saw in the last preseason game against the Browns. So, I mean, it is a tough matchup. They The Niners were great against running backs. They did lose one of their best run defenders, but they still should be pretty good. Uh, three and a half yards per carry to running backs last year, which is only slightly worse than what David Montgomery usually averages. <laughs> but uh, you wouldn't do something like start Julio Jones over David Montgomery, would you? Or no, Tolbert? no way. Okay. The only, only, only scenario would, would be is if you knew for sure, and this is in PPR only, that both Godwin and Gage were out. That's the only way, and you'd have to be really just with a hunch that Julio is going to get 10 targets and 10 targets from Tom Brady versus 20 touches from David Montgomery. I think, given their matchups, could be a wash. Michael Thomas or David Montgomery? I think you got to go Montgomery. Okay. And uh, Trey Lance, I don't know how much more you want. Oh, Darnell Mooney. Starters at Darnell Mooney. I got him as a flex. Number three receiver this week. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones, Russell Gage. Mooney, Mooney. Yeah, again, it's got to be, you'd you have to know <laughs> for yeah. sure okay. that those guys are out and you're just not going to know that. All righty. And how about Darnell Mooney or Devontae Smith? Mooney. Uh, Mooney. I guess I get, for this week, I think Darnell Mooney is going to win the Darnell Mooney versus Allen Robinson contest for 2022, former teammates. Well, if he doesn't, then something's gone really wrong in two cities, not (laughs) just one. Okay, Cole Komet, starter. Trey Lance. Dave has him 11th. He's 13th, and Jamie is the highest start of the week. He has Trey Lance ninth overall at quarterback, and that is ahead of why? what happened to my quarterback rankings. That is ahead of Stafford. Yes. Stafford, uh, good call there. Cousins, Prescott, Carr, Joe Burrow. That's interesting. You both have Lance over Burrow. Um, is that because of the appendectomy? Um, I'm just a little concerned that we get uh, not peak Joe Burrow this week. Okay. Agreed. And, you know, a lot of people suspect the Bears are going to have one of the worst defenses in football. Is that fair to say? They lost several pieces of their front seven after finishing fourth in the league in sacks last year. They're playing a new scheme where they're not going to rush the pass. They're not going to blitz the passer as much as they did before. They're going to have to play a ton of zone because they're going to be scared to death of Lance beating them with his legs. Uh, and it's a really young secondary. They've got one good corner, Jalen Johnson, but I think they're starting two rookies potentially in that secondary. I don't expect – see, this is the problem with Lance. This is the problem I have with Lance is that I don't think the 49ers are going to ask him to do much. He'll get a couple of deep throws in. Hopefully he connects on him. And I'm not sure if he's going to run for like 80, 90 yards or anything like that. I think he'll just be okay. 
And I think they're just going to give him things that they know he's comfortable doing so that they don't lose the game because of that. So I, I think he's, he's, he's safe for around 18 to 23, somewhere in that range. And that's why I'm a little worried about that ceiling for him. I know Jamie's not, but this is where I'm coming from. Yeah, I no, think his I, ceiling I, is a little high. It's not as high as, as, uh, as a lot of people think. I could see 212 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 53 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Well, that would be a pretty okay. good game. That would be 29 fantasy that would points. Be great. That would be good. Yeah. But if he doesn't get that third touchdown, it's 23. And I think that's a safe expectation for Lance, and that, that would make him a good start this week. Oh, boy. There's a lot of, a lot of intrigue in this game uh, from a fantasy perspective here. So start Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. So you said Darnell Mooney's like a number three receiver. You're not super jazzed to start him, but you're starting him. How about Ayuk versus Mooney? Mooney. Still Mooney, but DFS, it's Ayuk. And if Kittle doesn't play, would you move? Are you already ranking Ayuk as if Kittle is not playing? Not yet, no. Not for me. Okay, so where will he end up if Kittle does not play? Probably the same spot where I have him, which is as a, um, like a middling flex. Not a great flex. His price is relatively cheap. He's a top 30 receiver on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, I'm moving closer to Ramunias, which is about five or six spots higher. All right, and then would you rather start Rashad Bateman or a wide receiver in this game? Um, I would rather wow. start Debo. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> other than him. <laughs> a, you forgot about Debo Samuel. B, you forgot to play the Bateman music. Oh, my bad. C, I would rather start Mooney. I would rank them Bateman- Mooney Ayuk. I'll play some music. Yeah, it was pretty sad. No, that's the that's the Cam Akers music. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. We double up on that. George Kittle. Are you going to trust George Kittle if he plays? I mean, what choice do you have? Right. Start. Uh, right. Okay. It, it, plays, it's tough. It's, yeah, it's really tough roster management for this week. You know, because if you have a five-person bench and you have to make some tough calls, um, yeah, I feel bad for for George Kittle fantasy managers. I mean, it's hard to foresee him getting injured. You know, San Francisco DST is top three. <laughs> Jacksonville at Washington is our next game. So the the Commanders make their NFL debut. Uh, our two and a half point favorites. Over under is only forty four. Stat of the game: only two running backs rushed for seventy yards against Washington last year. Alvin Kamara, who rushed for seventy one, and Miles Sanders, who rushed for one hundred and thirty one. So this was a very good run defense. I don't think we expect 70 rushing yards from from Robinson or ETN, but that's not why you start ETN. But, I, I mean, I, this is a guy that we probably, we've talked about him every day, but I think we need to spend even more time on him, Jamie, because, you know, you've been so high on ETN. Maybe Robinson making a speedier recovery than we expected. They haven't really said they're going to limit his workload. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I mean, how where do you rank Travis ETN? Do you rank him ahead of, let's say, the running backs from the Bears 49ers game? And follow-up, why are you so confident in him? I would start ETN over both those guys in PPR. I would start Mitchell over ETN in non-PPR and Montgomery also. Um, I'm confident because they have a huge role in the passing game. You know, I think we're going to see you know a, a, a five, six catch game, I, but I think he'll do much more with it than, let's say, Zach Moss did, for example. Um, and I think he's going to get probably in the neighborhood of 50 rushing yards, so this could be a 110, 120-total-yard game. I think he has a chance to score. Uh, on a on a receiving touchdown, I don't worry about James Robinson this week. You know, I think this is going to be work him in, get him get his legs going a little bit. Uh, maybe five to eight total touches. You know, ten percent, fifteen percent of snaps. 
this is going to be Travis CTN's game. And I think in the passing game, he's going to make some plays. Dave, do you share the optimism on ETN? Not as much. Um, I, I At best, he's a number two running back in PPR. Um, somebody who I need to move down in my rankings a little bit. Because it sounds like Robinson might get more than just a token few snaps in, in his first game back. I don't think he's going to be like immediately rushed into a feature role. But I, I think the feature role is going to Trevor Lawrence. I think Lawrence gets a huge opportunity this week. ETN can benefit off that. I could see him getting four or five catches. Uh, I just I don't know if, if he can do enough in the run game or score a touchdown. So I'm a little squeamish on him, but probably still would say he's a at best a low end number two PPR running back in a flex and not deeper. Yeah, as far as Lawrence goes, we'll talk about the Jaguars here. It's it's kind of annoying because I'd love to do some more starter sit with Trevor Lawrence. Washington gave up the most fantasy points. You don't have to. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, you know, you're not really starting. But you're just starting the guys you drafted ahead of him, for the right. most part. Uh, but Washington, you know where was, you start, Trevor Lawrence. Where? He's in DFS because he's not going to be popular. He's priced like a top 15 quarterback, especially on DraftKings. You should be able to build a really nice lineup while stacking Lawrence and Christian Kirk. So, there's is there any quarterback that was drafted ahead of him that you'd start? Lawrence over. You'd sit blank for Trevor Lawrence. Fields, if you Fields. went that route. Okay. Uh, we talked about the running backs. Christian Kirk. You guys have him in your top thirty. Heath is much lower on Christian Kirk, but you guys have Kirk as a starter. So is Kirk ahead of Darnell Mooney and Brandon Ayuk? Yep. Should be. Notice a lot of production from the slot against Washington last year, more early in the year than late in the year, and their defense did play better, but they really struggled against against good slot receivers last year. Um, Evan Ingram, any interest in him? Where does he rank among streaming tight ends? Toward the top. I've got him in my top 12 this week. I do it nervously, but there's just not a lot of tight ends who I love. I had him ahead of Knox before Thursday's game and Higby, and I've got him ahead of Kittle. So you might really be in a pinch with Kittle and need to go to your waiver wire to find somebody. Ingram is absolutely worth worth a look. Okay. But if Kittle plays, you're going to start Kittle over Ingram. Uh, I, yeah. I think so. I think so. You're certainly not going to drop someone worthwhile to pick up Evan Ingram and bench Kittle. I mean, it's not worth two roster spots. Uh, right. Carson Wentz is a sit. He's 22nd for Jamie, 23rd for Dave, 19th for Heath. Not terrible in a 2QB league. We're starting Antonio Gibson here. Um, would you start uh, Gibson over... Well, we like him better than ETN. You, you said that earlier, so that means in PPR you like him better than Elijah Mitchell, right? And David Montgomery. Yes, for sure. Not me. Oh, no? Who do you like best? Uh, you haven't named a running back in the last 30 seconds who I like better than Antonio Gibson. That's what I'm saying. You like Gibson the best, right? No, no. What I meant to say that you, maybe I should say you have named oh. a bunch of running backs who I like better than Antonio Gibson. I don't, I don't feel that comfortable with Gibson because I'm just not sure that he's going to be the guy. They're just going to run right back to him. I know what Rivera said, but I want to see what Rivera and Scott Turner do as far as Gibson goes. Do they force feed him the ball? Does he run north-south? I already talked about how I think this Jacksonville defense is going to be better than people think. I'm I just I'm I'm nervous to use him. I do have him ranked as a low end number two running back. Okay. How about uh JD McKissick? You like McKissick or 
Naeem Hines. Hines? Yeah. Mc- uh, Naeem Hines. I like Hines a lot. McKissick no or James Robinson? McKissick. Yeah. Oh, JD. okay. Uh, Washington wide receivers start Terry McLaurin. Starter sit Jahan Dotson. I would prefer Dotson. to sit him. Yeah, see what, D- see what he does in week one. You guys like McLaurin this week? Yes. I do. Okay. Jacksonville was really bad against number one wide receivers last year. And yep. uh, what's the deal with Logan Thomas? Is he playing? Cannot trust him. No. Limited both days. Okay. All right. Uh, would you start a DST in this game? Uh, Jacksonville is a streaming candidate. Yeah, so is Washington. You know, I mean, you're still looking at a, a unit that improved at the end of last season. So. All right. I think we have four I games like left. the Jaguars as a DFS DST. Three games yeah, left? They're, they're very cheap. I'd say the same yep. thing about the Commanders, too. All right, let's go to Green Bay and Minnesota here. Which quarterback do you like better in this game? Cousins. Kirk Cousins. The way that I drafted it, too, which will probably be a mistake. Rodgers does have great history against the Vikings, and he scored 29, 39, 29, 42, and 24 points in his last four games against the Vikings. I don't think Devontae Adams is playing for the Packers in this game, though. Just going to double-check on that. No, he is not. So, obviously, that is different. And Alan Lazard might not play either. Um, hopefully Minnesota's defense can get uh, can get better, but it it was really not good at all last year. Um, all right, so Rodgers, you're going to try to avoid him. Would you start Justin Fields or Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers. Start Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon is a start for Jamie. He's a flex for Dave. What are you doing, Dave? What are you doing about the Green Bay wide receivers? I would... Con- if Lazard is out, I would... Definitely consider Randall Cobb. I like the matchup for Cobb in the slot. And I think Rodgers will gravitate, even if Lazard plays, I think Rodgers is going to gravitate toward the veterans in this first game and trust Sammy Watkins and definitely Cobb. He's been playing with Cobb for years. So they're they're low-end replacement, maybe desperation replacement guys, but they're also guys you can stash. If you want to beat the waiver wire with Sammy Watkins and, and Randall Cobb, it might be easier for you to do that with Cobb than Watkins, given Watkins' history after week one. But I, I think Randall Cobb is worth stashing. I think he could end up having a pretty meaningful role in this game and maybe moving forward just because Rodgers knows him and Rodgers trusts him. I'd rather stash both Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. If it's long term. more upside with those two guys long term. I, I don't want maybe. to trust Randall Cobb if he has a good game. To me, that's fool's gold. Uh, Sammy Watkins, we know the track record there. So chase them if you want. They could still be good. I don't. I don't think that's any out of the realm of possibility because Rodgers is going to rely on his veterans, as Dave said. But I think as the season goes on, there's much more opportunity for those younger guys to be more impactful. So would you rather? All right. So let's say Watson's a free agent in your league right now, and you've yep. got a roster spot to play with. You can pick up Watson now, and just kind of stash him for. I don't know how long you have the patience to stash him for. If you have the patience to stash him for the rest of the year, do it. Because I think he's going to matter a lot come Halloween and beyond. Or you can go Um, for what's in the box. Or you can go for what's in the box, and what's in the box is Cobb or Watkins, who might be able to turn into something to help you now. And Watson could still be on the waiver wire two or three games from now. And you can pick him up then when Cobb. Sure. No, I mean, there's there's a lot of variables here. There's there's certainly a lot of... You know, we're, we're stuck. No Lazard. One of you guys is playing, whether it's Dobbs or Watson, and one of them has, you know, that wow moment or wow moments. And it's not Cobb and it's not Watkins. It could easily be Watkins and Cobb early in the season because, of, as you said, 
That's the ones he's relying on. That's what I'm. I also wouldn't overlook Robert Tunyon too, because we know what he was two years ago. It certainly is a red zone threat. So there's a lot of moving parts with this. And so if it's it's short term versus long term. If you want the short term appeal, you go with the veterans. If you want the long term appeal, you go with the younger guys. There is no way I would leave Christian Watson on the waiver wire in any of my leagues. And I can say that confidently because Christian Watson is not available in any of my leagues. I already <laughs> checked, except for one where we have roster limits on the amount of receivers we can have. But uh, yeah, I, I looked. He's I don't so think stupid. He's what the roster limits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we get, we get teams like this all the time. I have to carry two DSTs. I have to carry two kickers. Well, I don't have to do that. I can only carry five running backs and five wide receivers at a time. Uh, any interest? Oh, Terrible. what if Lazard oh. plays? Where are you going to end up ranking Lazard if he plays? If he gets a full practice in today, uh, borderline number two receiver. If he's limited at best, risky number three guy. Okay. Any interest in Robert Tunyon if he plays? No, but he's a beat the waiver wire guy. Agreed. Kirk Cousins is top twelve for you two. Fifteenth for Heath. Kirk Cousins or Joe Burrow this week? Cousins. I have Cousins higher. Start Dalvin Cook. Start Justin Jefferson. How do you feel about Adam Thielen this week against what could be the best secondary in football? Love him. Love him. Expect him to get plenty of targets. I think he's always got a shot to score no matter who he plays. Uh, Cousins is going to need to get rid of the ball pretty quickly. I think Thielen's got a chance to finish as a top 10 receiver this week in PPR. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't go that high, but I think he's a borderline number two receiver, majority leagues. Yeah. I've got him as a top 20 guy, ranked as a top 20 guy, but I think he's got top 10 upside. And another good DFS pick. Starter sit Herb Smith. That's it. I would sit him, but another beat the waiver wire guy. Yeah, I, I don't even know if this is much of a theory, but I think teams, you know, who's bad against tight ends? I think teams that are really good against wide receivers are often bad against tight ends. And the Packers have terrific cornerbacks. And like the Eagles last year, the Eagles were great against wide receivers. They were dreadful against tight ends. I could see the Packers being a good matchup for tight ends just because the targets might get funneled there. I'm not telling you to start Irv Smith, but it's something maybe for a DFS flyer or something like that, but it's something to keep in mind. They weren't very good against tight ends last year. They were 22nd against tight ends. Uh, Packers DST, it, it's going to be a good unit. You guys don't have them ranked in the top 12 this week. Cleveland at Carolina, this game is a pick em. Total is 42. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, we're just going to sit Baker. We're going to start McCaffrey. Do you guys like or love DJ Moore this week? It's love. Uh, like. You're not benching him, though. No. But I think he's got um, massive upside. Seems like Baker and Moore have connected. Wouldn't be surprised if he had. How many targets did Cooper Cup have? Thir- 15? 15, I think. Okay. I don't think he'll get that many, but more than 10 from Baker Mayfield. And people might ask about Denzel Ward, but he's not a guy who's been a shadow cover- cornerback, right? I think nope. he just stays on I don't on think his they side. necessarily play that way. Um, start McCaffrey. I would say uh, that's it for Carolina, right? McCaffrey and more. Yep. All right. Nick Chubb's a start. What about Kareem Hunt and Amari Cooper? Jamie, I think you said you really like Kareem Hunt in this game, right? I do. I think you're going to see, as you know, our bet indicates, <laughs> they're going to see a lot of passes in his direction, um, especially if they're chasing points. And so he got off to a hot start last year. I think we'll get off to a good start again this year. Um, this is where, you know, these guys like, David Njoku and Kareem Hunt are going to win because Jacoby Brissett's not going to challenge downfield with any success and certainly with any consistency. So Cooper will lose. Those two guys will be beneficiaries of how Jacoby Brissett operates. And so I think we could see, you know, 
Hunt, if he scores, he's not going to be just involved in the pass game. He'll carry the ball as well. But if he scores, he'll be great. If he doesn't score, I think he'll be serviceable as a starter, low-end starter in PPR. He averaged almost 90 total yards per game uh, in the first five last year with Nick Chubb playing. Yeah, he was 3.4 catches per game, too. Yeah, he, he was really phenomenal. The, the two of them in the first five games were great, and then Chubb got hurt. Hunt got hurt. Um, all right, so we've talked about a lot of receivers like Darnell Mooney, Brandon Ayuk, these questionable flex options here, number three receivers or, or flexes. Kareem Hunt and Amari Cooper, where do they stack up in, in that group? I like Hunt better than most of the receivers, and I like all the receivers better than Cooper. Okay. I like a lot of the receivers better than Hunt. And Cooper's in in the mix toward the end. I just think he'll get decent volume. I would start him over Ayuk. Would you start Amari Cooper or Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Cooper. Uh, Cooper. That's close. Cooper or Kadarius Tony? Tony. Cooper. Okay. Not consensus there on Amari Cooper. But he's not going to be, uh, you know, we don't think he's a great start. No, I, I feel like he's safe. In PPR, I think you can count on him getting at least five catches. I don't feel like he's safe at all. <laughs> Anybody with Jacoby Brissett that has to play down the field is not safe. Just go ask T.Y. Hilton. Uh, David Njoku. Dave, did he crack your top 12? I believe I've got him ninth. Woohoo! For the same reason why I like Amari Cooper. Just volume. It, it's not because I think he's an explosive athlete who's going to outrun everybody on Carolina's defense. I think he's going to get a lot of short and intermediate targets. What he does after the catch is going to be embarrassing, I think. But I think he can also get five catches. You know, I don't really get... Like, David Njoku was a... F- was a first-round pick. He's a great athlete. Why are you speaking about him as if he's, you know, Gerald Everett or, or something like that? Just gonna Everett's a good athlete too. A lot of people who play professional sports. Are I know, but Njoku is like a freak athlete. That was the appeal of David Njoku. He's not I, a plotter. I don't. I, yeah, but it's this is year five. How many times have you seen freak athlete David Njoku in the last four years? He's, just, he's been in a terrible situation. I, I think it's like, a sixth year. Six. Uh. No, five, I think. But All right, whatever. He's I know, been around a long he's time. He's been in a terrible situation. I don't really like Najoku because I don't like Brissett. I would love Najoku if Watson were, you know, I'll like him when Watson sure. comes back. But I, I like him with Brissett because Brissett looks for the tight end. We saw it in Miami. We saw it in Indianapolis. There's a high target rate there. I, I think it's, I think you're going to see a lot of targets go to Najoku, mainly because, forget about tendency, who else is there to throw to? Yeah, sure. Well, that's, they're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to try anyway. Um, all right, anyone else in this game? How about the DSTs, Jamie? Which DST do you like better, Carolina or Cleveland? Cleveland. Okay. Um, I've got them back-to-back. Back. I think they're both top 10 DSTs. Philadelphia's at Detroit. Eagles DST or Browns or Panthers? Eagles. Uh, Browns. Stat of the game, number one, the Eagles allowed 77 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in 12 of their last 14 games. Uh, start Hawkinson. Stat of the game, number two, the Eagles were really, really good mm. against wide receivers. Uh, they What, don't start Hawkinson? Uh, I understand no, their, their I, defense I, is different, I, think I know. But, they've gotten better overall. That yes. whole team from front to back on defense has gotten so much better. 
they are Super Bowl I don't contenders. Think they're going to be leaky. Agreed. I really believe that. So, Hawkinson, Hawkinson's better than Najoku, better than Komet, but I, I wouldn't pencil him in for a 20 PPR point game. Or something. But again, this is where you go against the team that's got Darius Slay and James Bradbury, right? So, the other stat of the but game. But they also got Gardner Johnson, who can play deep and keep Hawkinson under wraps from breaking a big play. They've got linebackers who can cover. All right, whatever. Is, you start, whatever. It, this, I, I just was throwing that stat out. I don't want to, like, everyone's Nobody's starting. benching TJ. Right, Hawkinson exactly, exactly, exactly. So uh, the Eagles held Calvin Ridley, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans in one of two matchups, Mike Williams, and Terry McLaurin twice to fewer than 14 PPR fantasy points. None of those wide receivers scored a touchdown except for Evans in the postseason. None had more than 66 yards. This was one of the worst matchups for wide receivers. Third fewest fantasy points allowed, two receivers. How do you feel, Jamie, about Amonra St. Brown? Number three receiver. Better in PPR than none. He'll get a lot of volume. Probably won't do a lot with it. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great defense. And it's going to be, you know, a little challenging for them. So I could see a situation like what happened with the running backs last year in week one where Jared Goff was just dumping the ball off late because they were chasing points. And you saw just a lot of catches for Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Same thing happened for Amonra St. Brown. So uh, this could be one of those... I don't want to say pukey Rondell Moore great games last year where it was like 11 for 22 yards or something, whatever he had, uh, 11 catches for like 30 yards. Uh, but Amonra St. Brown's going to rack up a lot of catches. He's just not going to do a lot with it. Okay. Would you start Kareem Hunt or Amonra St. Brown? i start Kareem Hunt. Wow. Even in full PPR? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's close. Uh, Miles Sanders, did he crack your top 24? I think I'd go St. Brown. Just because of the volume. Sanders top 24? At running back, yes, especially in... in He's right on the border in full PPR, but in non-PPR, he's a, he's a number two running back for me. Sanders or David Montgomery? It's Montgomery in PPR. I think I have Sanders ahead of Montgomery in non-double-checking. I do. Okay. I, Sanders says he's playing. He's been practicing all week. Eagles coaches have talked him up. I don't think the Lions defense is that much better than they were last year up front. I know the Eagles offensive line is still very good. Do you know how many yards they totaled on the ground just from their running backs last year against Detroit? I do. 144? Yep, 12 squared. And they totaled four touchdowns on top of it. I bet they try that same game plan early on against the Lions. The I Lions. think Hurts runs well, too. I, th- I bet Hurts gets like... 60 yards and a touchdown, too. The Lions but I think allowed, Miles Sanders uh, is a safe bet for 100 total yards. <laughs> the Lions allowed 94 yards, 94 rushing yards, or a rushing touchdown to a running back in 13 of 17 games. So, yes, this would, if Miles Sanders can do it, it would be this week against the Lions. Start A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith is like, what, number three receiver? Yeah. Yes. And this team was so bad against number one wide receivers. So if you know this could be a huge DFS game for for AJ Brown. I, I don't necessarily think anything's going to change. I mean, the Lions secondary still sucks. Uh, Dallas Goddard, you're going to start him, but their pass rush will be better. So you save off half a second, half a second per per snap. I, that'd be a lot, uh, but um, we'll see. Uh, Detroit running backs. Is there any scenario in which you're sitting DeAndre Swift, or is he an easy start? No, you're starting him. Don't look at his DFS prices real quick. He is ninth on DraftKings, 11th on FanDuel. 
I can't say that he's a must must start on DFS slates. Any interest in Jamal Williams or Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott? No. no. Okay. Nope. Bench Gainwell guys. maybe in a desperation flex scenario. Those receivers out that we talked about, and I think he's going to get his his opportunities in the past game. Not a significant amount of them, but his opportunities. Amon or St. Brown or Devontae Smith? Sorry if I already asked you that. St. Brown. Okay. Oh, you want me to answer? Sure. I'm on <laughs> No, I did not expect that. I just, I just think I I mean the world will turn upside down if Devontae Smith outplays AJ Brown in this game. But uh, you know there are going to be some games where that happens. And TJ Hawkinson, I don't think it's going to happen, but. You know, I, I, I'm very curious to see the Eagles. The Eagles are one team. I think what I'm really curious to see is the run pass ratio. What is their offensive philosophy going to be? Uh, this is this could be a very revealing game. And TJ Hawkinson is top eight in both formats. Uh, and the Eagles DST are a start. And that brings it us- wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't a revealing game and they just coast with yeah, the run to win. And then there's a game coming up soon where they do just unleash AJ Brown and Devontae. <laughs> They're doing it this week. It's it's 100% happening this week. I don't know. I don't know if they have to. They might. All right, the Saints and the Falcons. Would you start in a 2QB league, Jameis Winston or Trevor Lawrence? Lawrence. Lawrence, especially if Thomas is out. Yeah, But in a 2QB league, that sounds like a rare decision. Well, like in a 10-team league, you know, Heath and I have Justin Fields and... Tua Tonga Bailoa that we have to choose between, you know? So it's kind of the same range. Uh, we're going with Tua, by the way, because of Heat's rankings. You guys have fields ahead. Uh, start Kamara. Michael Thomas is the number three receiver if he plays. Would he, Michael Thomas be ahead of Amon or St. Brown? Yes. Uh, yes, but close. And Mar- sit Mariota. Sit Cordau. Like Cordau or Patterson. Sit. Try to. Um, I, don't, I don't know but, what's going on with him. I think Z- I think there will be sharing in the backfield, the likes of which we did not see much of last year. And I'm not sure he's going to just be a running back. I think they might try and use him as a pass catcher a little bit more this year. Zeke or Patterson? Oh, I think you got to go with Zeke. Who are Patterson? Zeke. Oh, Zeke. Okay, so that means we really don't like Patterson. No. We just don't know. He had a huge game in the passing game against them in one of the matchups last he year. He did. Yeah, it was like did. six for 120 or something. Yep. But six catches, 126 yards in week nine. Yeah, two huge catches, like two bombs. And then 12 total yards in week 18 for Patterson against the Saints, uh, who are always great against the run. They've been top four against the run, against running backs, four straight seasons. Pitts is a must start. What about last guy here, Drake London? Drake London. I don't think well, he's should playing. Well, if he is playing, it's wait and see, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, I'm sure as you you might probably not remember, but as Third Eye Blind once said, I don't want to go to London. Who you're the only one in the world that <laughs> might remember that. I want you, Dave Richard, to listen to the song London by Third Eye Blind. It is one of their hardest rocking songs. It is really good. It is a sneaky right. great song. I like I like rocking songs. Yes, Third Eye Blind. You London. know me. I'm Mr. John Mellencamp. 
Oh, right, right. All right, everybody. How do, I, I do not. How is your knowledge of John Mellencamp, both of you, so bad? And do you remember when you didn't know the song Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard? Like, you remember that? That was weird, too. No. No. I, um, it's not a email that I got from uh, someone in the CBS Sports HQ FFT uh, audience league? Sure. Okay. Uh, this is from Ernest Hutchinson. Dear Commissioner. Where's he from, Jamie? <laughs> I'm going to get to that. Dear Commissioner, I regret to inform you that I made a huge misstep and ask that patience leniency be atop your mind when you make a decision as to whether or not you will bring my case to the attention of the fantasy cop. It was a cold and rainy day on Wednesday, September 7th in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, just before dark. I finally made it to my opinion. I was finally part of something special. I finally made it, in my opinion, I was finally part of something special for the first time in my life. I was taking part in the FFT HQ Fantasy League draft. The kids were playing quietly. My wife was looking over our finances, attempting the purchase of a Peloton, and I was on the clock. <laughs> who I choose was on the forefront of my mind. That's when it happened. In an absolute moment of weakness, I chose who I thought would be my league winner in Landon Acres of the Los Angeles Rams. For some reason, the draft board showed I had chosen none other than Cam Akers of the Los Angeles Rams, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Not wanting to be a bother and ask you to revert my pick because of the obvious mistake, I moved on with many more magical picks and ended up getting a draft grade of B+. Needless to say, I am scared and embarrassed at the fact that I did something so egregious. Can we please, just this once, of course, run it the hell back and get me some land in instead of Cam for week two? <laughs> I implore you, good sir, put yourself in my shoes. You are an analyst, and I am a mere listener and participant. But please, for the love of the sport, revert my pick so we can just move on and be done with this. Thank you for your time and any consideration in this manner. If he wants Landon Acres instead of Cam Acres, then yeah, you can give him <laughs> Cam Acres. I also have a Cam Acres listener story that I'll tell on the mailbag, but uh, I did something as a commissioner that w- that I sacrificed for the good of the league because if I had accepted the trade offer, there would have been a league mutiny, and I will talk to you about it on the mailbag show. So, oh, I love a good tease. Yeah, make sure you make sure you watch and listen to that. Thanks to Dave and Jamie. Thanks to all of you. Good luck in Week One, everybody. We'll talk to you on Saturday with the mailbag on Sunday morning. A quick five minute episode to give you some injury updates. Talk to you. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.